Welcome to the 4Check Podcast. I'm your host, Alex. Okay, it is time to preview Game 7. For the first time ever, the Predators will host a Game 7 in Nashville. That is because they walloped the Jets in Game 6 last night. To talk with me about that today... He is the he covers the Preds for A to Z Sports Nashville. Uh, he is actually a former on the Forecheck uh, managing editor. His name is Mark Harris. How's it going, Mark? What's going on, man? Good, good, good. How are you? Thanks for having me. Pretty good. Yeah, of course. We've got a lot to talk about, but I actually want to start with a non-hockey question. What in the hell happened with Lady Antebellum? Were you at that uh, game? So- yeah, so I was about to say, you weren't there. It was uh, Chris that was there. Yeah, um, exactly. What, first of all, I'm not like a country music person at all. Like, If you saw my tweet about it, I said the tall blonde guy, and Lady Annabella messed up the anthem. He kind of, I guess he's kind of like their lead guy, and the other guys are kind of, or the girl and the other guy are kind of his, I don't know, second, I don't know how, I don't even know how to say I barely know. I, I barely even know this band at all. I, I know yeah, them because so they kinda, performed the anthem last year, but go ahead. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I I think they were pretty good last year, but I know they're like, you know, a super successful group, but they went out there and, it, you know, it started off well, and then he got to like, I don't know, I guess right around that halfway point, he like paused and kind of looked around at the crowd <laughs> and he kind of looked at the girl too. And she kind of like tried to help, but the crowd is kind of what got him back. All three of them kind of back on track because I mean, and you, you know, they sent out the tweet and they were like, you know, you know, everybody makes mistakes, that kind of thing. Which you know, respect to that, that kind of thing. That you know, that's kind of cool to see those superstars do that kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, it was everybody noticed it. Like there was nobody in the building that didn't notice that he botched it for. It was awkward for about a ten seconds, man. Okay, so here's here's my thing. And I know, I know, I'm not a country music star. That's that's obvious. Uh, <laughs> but I actually, I, I am a musician, and I've I've played I've played shows before. I, I was in a band for several years, and I don't think there's anything wrong with having the lyrics in front of you. I I don't think right. there's anything wrong with it. I I have to have the lyrics of my own songs that I wrote in front of me because I forget the lyrics. Yeah. I so I get it. I because I think that's what happened, right? I think he forgot, like he forgot which part yeah, he was at. Like- you know, it's like it's. I feel like every time you see like a botched anthem, it's right there where there's kind of that pause right in the middle. I can't even think of the lyric right now, but <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, like where there's kind of a pause there and it goes to the what? I, I'm, again, I can't even think of the lyric here. <laughs> see, that's it, the thing. It's like that moment to where it's where oh, is it this word or is it that word? He went with kind of the, the I know half word and he it screwed him up. But like you're saying, like it wouldn't hurt to put the put the words on the uh, Jumbotron for not only them, but for the arena as well. I mean, that doesn't hurt anything. You see that at, like, I don't know, maybe some high school basketball games or something. Yeah, you'll see it at, like, minor league baseball games and stuff. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't see any problem with that. And, I don't and either. It prevents this, like, massive se- situation where there's 17,000 people cringing at, at what's happening. Um, so, anyways, I, I, don't, I don't think that that was... Uh, I don't think it was devastating, but it certainly set the mood uh, for what was an awful game five. Uh, yes, <laughs> that's for sure. So uh, it definitely played up to the story of oh, well, Lady Avalon botched the game, botched the anthem, so the president botched the game. Yeah, game. exactly. It, it, that's exactly what happened. Um, yep. So who do you think goes on Thursday? Who, who are you predicting? Uh everybody's on the the JT train because yeah. he's playing Wednesday night. I don't think it happens. Um, 
I think JT, first of all, is a little bit too big. Mm-hmm. He's also not a Nashville guy. He's a Memphis guy. Yeah. I, I mean, it could be, I don't know. It could be anybody in the city. Uh, I'm thinking it's going to be, I think, it, I think it's going to be. Has Bentley done it yet? Do what now? Has Bentley, has Dirk's Bentley done it yet? Dirk's Bentley did it with some, some other guy. I don't know who it is. I'm sp- probably supposed to know who it is. But uh, yeah. I, my guess is Vince Gill. I think it's going to be Vince Gill. Yeah, he hadn't done it yet. Him and his daughter, maybe. Yeah. They did I, that last year, right? I think it'll be a repeat of that. I think that they'll probably yeah. do something like that. I um, hate that. The Dark Horse, I mean, the Dark Horse is always, always Dolly Parton, but I, and yep. I, I will I will forever want that to happen, but it's, I don't know, who knows. Yeah. Have we had Have we had Keith Urban do it yet? Not this year. Yeah, he, he, he could be there, too. Yeah, that's one other possibility. All right, let's right. stop talking about the anthem because uh, there's plenty of hockey to talk about. So uh, let's first start at Game Six because um, that was, uh, I mean, it was probably the best the best game we've seen from the Predators in the playoffs, except for maybe uh, the clinching game in Colorado. Um, so the the big decision going into that one was going back to Hartnell, and I think putting uh, putting Hartnell in over Mika Salamaki was uh, to me that was an easy decision. I think. Salamaki's not bad, but Hartnell could do a lot more. I think in that setting of, of the game, uh, what what did you think about about that decision? And uh, do you think it, do you think that was uh, what made the difference? Yeah, I mean, I think it was definitely an impact. I don't know if it made the ultimate difference, but I think it was kind of a no brainer that a lot of people were thinking of. You know, take out Salamaki and put in Hartnell, and then you can keep in Fiala, and it's kind of you know that no brainer move because Fiala obviously has the upside offensively way, 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 way above Salamaki and Hartnell combined. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think Hartnell, I think he just, he's one of those veterans that just really knows his role. And um, game four, we kind of saw him. I don't think you can say he shut down Dustin Bufflin, but he definitely, he was he was on his top of the list to where, hey, this when this guy's on the ice and you're on the ice, I want you to hit him. I want you to make life a little bit tougher for him. And he kind of did that same thing last night. Um, Bufflin was a little bit quiet. Kyle Connor was really quiet. He threw him into the boards at one time with a just that was pretty a cool. disgusting hit. I, I almost I stood up off the couch when I saw it. <laughs> it was just a, I mean his face went under the boards and he was in midair. It was you know, one of those special hockey hits you see. There's a pretty but, good um, freeze frame of, of Hartnell's face flying into Connor uh, flying into Kyle Connor that's pretty great. Didn't he? I feel like when I watched it, like they did a slow mo and he kind of like said, oh, or something like that yeah, after right. the fact. Because, I mean, he, all four of his limbs were off the ground. <laughs> I mean, he was, he was, he was a moving, moving piece of body. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that stuff about Scott Hartnell shutting down Dustin Bufflin is a bit overplayed. I, I, um, I agree. He's, he's played 10 minutes. I've, I've got the numbers right in here. He's, he's played 10 minutes against Dustin Bufflin. Uh, Bufflin has a slight edge in the, in the course he attempts. He's got, uh, I just had it. Uh, he's got, they're about even in, in high, da- high danger chances. The only difference is Bufflin hasn't scored while he's out there. So against right. Hartnell. Uh, so that's the ultimate, like, you know, when the boxcar stat matches up, then, then all of a sudden the narrative works and that's fine. Um, I don't think that he was, he certainly wasn't bad against Dustin Bufflin. And I think other players could have been. So yeah, I, I, sure the matchup worked fine, and I think Hartnell was a big part of that. Yeah, and I think kind of something that people aren't—I don't know people, but maybe like the Nashville fans, the Preds fans out there are like, "Oh, it's Dustin Bufflin." Like, you know, he's yeah, he's a good defenseman, but like Dustin Bufflin is in—in in my opinion, he's like, as far as Western Conference defensemen go, he's pretty damn elite. Like, he's like if you're drafting a team like he's one of your, he's going to be one of your top picks like that yeah. kind of thing cuz he can play all over the ice 
He played forward for the Blackhawks half the freaking year when he was there. Yeah. I mean, the guy, he can skate with anybody in the NHL. He's humongous. He has a slap shot. He's a super smart hockey player. He doesn't really make that many mistakes. I mean, I don't even know if he's made, you know, a really noticeable mistake all this series. I mean, I mean the a- fact the fact that he switched over from from uh, being a forward to defenseman is the only reason that he hasn't won a Norris because people have held that held that against him. I mean, exactly. I mean, he's, he's he's a he's very good defenseman. He's just a freak athlete. He's an athlete. Yeah, puts up. I mean, he's we're, he's played what 10, 12 years in the league. He's been around forever. Yeah, yeah he's, he's he's definitely a good player, and and any ta- any game where you can hold him off the scoreboard is is good. Um, exactly. But the key, obviously, the key to the game six win was the Ryan Johansson line, and most notably Philip Forsberg. But he, but both, I mean, all three of those guys were were all over the place and completely destroying whoever they were out out, out there against. Yeah, uh, I mean, it was it was noticeable. I mean, that was kind of my my go to point in the column that I wrote on a to z sportsnational dot com about. You know, it was the Philip Forsberg show, but Victor Robertson obviously had a really good game. Uh, Roman Yossi wasn't a ghost last night, which is something that everybody wants to see mm-hmm. as far as the score sheet goes. I mean, he I think that was the best game. Maybe he's played all playoffs. Um, and Ryan Johansson picked up an assist as well. I mean, it was he, the superstars I, was needed, it you to, said, needed to step up. Was it you that said did. the bar was low? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it was, <laughs> he was like that was the best game he's played. Um, yeah, compared to the utter shit that he did the rest of the series. Exactly. I mean, it was, it, it's just so crazy too to say that about Roman Yossi. I mean, he's I a top 10 defenseman in, in, on the planet, top 10, top 10 hockey defenseman that's walking the earth. And he's just kind of been not there. Yeah. Um, the, b- back to the Johansson line, the, the thing that I, has, has impressed me the most is, okay, so that, that parent, that, that top line does everything. Uh, Ryan Johansson was a beast on the penalty kill last night, in the, especially in the first period. Uh, Philip Forsberg, I mean, was everywhere, and then offensively was just a, a genius. And Victor Harvidsson, I mean, he, he plays a 200-foot game every single night. I mean, that guy does not give up anywhere on the ice. I, it's like this this line, you can put them anywhere, and in any situation, they're going to succeed. And that is finally, we, we finally saw a completely dominant game from them. Um I was just, I was really happy to see that. That was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And the kind of sticks out there is finally because every, you know, anybody that follows the NHL knows that that, the Jofa line, it can take off. It can beat anybody in the NHL. It's one of the top lines in the NHL. And there's, you can't argue that fact, but you haven't seen them, you know, step up to the plate as much as they did last night from top to bottom. Like you said, the penalty kill, um, Arvidsson, he plays a 200 foot game every single night. Like you said, it's, it, I mean, it all clicked last night, and kind of. I, th- I thought the penalty kill last night, or as far as special teams goes, you know, the Preds gave up four power play chances last night. But the penalty kill is kind of the double edged sword. You know, yeah, you don't want to take four penalties against the Jets by any means. I mean, if they do that, you know, Thursday night they they might lose if they give up four power play chances. Oh, but God. the penalty yeah. kill, the penalty kill was just it was ridiculous last night. They just they were they were denying him entries and and, and mean, even when they even when they got dominant. time in the zone, I mean you had Nick Bonino blocking shots you had you had the defenseman chipping out and actually getting the puck out of the zone which they've not done well recently. Yep, that was great to see. Um, so what was your reaction when Philip Forsberg scored that second goal? What did, what what did you do? <laughs> so uh, it's funny because I was I watched the first two periods at a family one of my family members houses so we drove back to our apartment to watch the third and so we're on like the delayed 
NBCSN stream through my Apple TV. So it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you know, it's like 12, 15 seconds behind. So I see all these tweets about like, oh my God, Philip Forsberg. <laughs> and then I'm watching it. And of course, about 12 seconds later, it happens. And I mean, it was like, oh, I mean, it was a great goal. It was that kind of thing. Hello, Buck. I don't know. Like he forgot that he had arms on the play. Um, I mean, it was, it was special. But was it last year in the playoffs as well when he, when he did that, or I know it wasn't the it wasn't the playoffs. Of, it was it was end of the year though. It was against the Avalanche. Uh, he, he did it to Varlamov. But it was I feel like that one last year wasn't as clean as that one. Like Forsberg had all the time in the world last night. Well, see, what I was going to say, I I think actually what was strange is is Hellebuck actually kind of almost made the save, right? Whereas Varlamov was caught off guard when when it happened to him the first time. Um, yeah. But but I don't think that Hellebuck knew where the puck was coming from. I think he was just reacting. I think he didn't oh, see yeah. he didn't see that where the puck was. He just knew there was a player there, and somehow the shot was coming in. And that's yeah. And that wasn't like necessarily like a. That's I mean it can't really be like that quick of a play, quote unquote, like quick. But like if you're a goalie looking at that, yeah. And the guy goes, "Oh, I'm not going to shoot it, you know, one time here. I'm going to take it between my legs and then throw it at your face." I mean, it's going to be a different kind of reaction because you don't see that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my. All, my entire the, everyone in my house was asleep except for for me of course and uh I, I i definitely almost woke them up because i was saying some some curse words and very loudly right, right, right. <laughs> just shouting at my tv uh it was that was a fun moment uh, it, i mean forsberg is building this like legend status that i think is is just so much fun to watch his playoff career is already very impressive i mean he's got 41 41 points in 54 career playoff games that's by far the most of any a Nashville Predator ever. Oh yeah, and he's uh, he's got 22 goals, which is the most of any Nashville Predator ever in the playoffs. So he's just gonna he's gonna set these records. And here's what's crazy: he's done this year. He's got 15 points in 12 games. He's only shooting 12. percent I mean, 12 and a half percent. He's not doing this yeah. on like a 25 percent shooting percentage. He's he's shooting about what he normally does, and he's also leading the team in that. So right, yeah, that's that's a really good point. So um, that that line was fantastic. Um, the tourist line, you know, they need a break. They need a break bad. They need to get a goal. But you know, they're still generating pressure. Um, if the team, if the Preds lose last night, we probably say it's the tourist line needs to. You know, they're they're the problem. But as long as they're generating pressure, eventually they'll get a break. They've gotten some really bad luck right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been. I mean, it's noticeably bad luck, which is not something you want to say about an entire line, especially your second line. Yeah. Um. It's. Yeah. I mean. They have the skill, and you know, after the, I feel like, yeah, I guess it was after the game five loss. I, I think I saw Greg Wyshynski or somebody retweet some some verified Twitter account saying, "Wow, it's almost like NASA doesn't have a, a cutting edge or a, a you know that that tool up front." And I, you know, I saw that and I'm like, they kind of do. I mean, it's it's spread out. You have Forsberg, you have Johansson, you have Arvidsson. Yeah, maybe they were quiet for two games, but they have that cutting edge, and if. You know, that's obviously not a tweet that's even tweeted out if Kyle Turris has, <laughs> hell, one point in this series, you know, that kind of thing, because he's just been a ghost. But, it, I mean, like you said, it's going to – something has to give because they're generating pressure. And, if you know, if they get through this series, my money would be on, hey, you know, next series against Vegas, Kyle Turris is going to have him – Kyle Turris or somebody on that line, Fiala, whatever the case may be, is going to have a hell of a series because they're just – they're doing things right. They're just – they're just kind of quiet right now. Hockey's a weird game. That's yeah. just how it goes. Sometimes. So on that note, what you're talking about, I'm, and so um, 
I don't see the same critique of of the Jets, and I think it's because yeah, you know obviously yeah, Mark point. Mark Shifley and Blake, Blake Wheeler have been have been carrying the team in terms of offense, especially Mark Shifley. Um, Patrick Lina has one goal. Nikolai Ehlers yep. has nothing. Um, Paul Stastny's been good, but he's kind of been doing a lot of his stuff on the power play, and he's been a he's, he's, too. And he's, yeah, exactly. And uh, the the bottom half of their lineup, except for a couple guys, I mean Matt, Matt Perot scored, I think. Yeah. Um, Brandon Tanev scored a couple, but I mean, it's no different with them. I mean, they've been riding one line essentially. I mean, Patrick Line got one goal, and it was really a, a meaningless goal in the end of Game Four. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's same thing with the Jets. They they have the same issues. So yeah, the, and the kind of the, the thing that you you know the name that pops out there is Line, obviously. And I was I was actually driving home tonight or today from work, and I was like, man, Patrick Line is just kind of sitting there. He's he's you know he's Got on the score sheet, that kind of thing, but we haven't seen him have like that big explosive game. And I think, you know, uh, before the series started, you you circle his name a thousand times to say if you shut down this guy, especially on the power play, you have a really really good chance of winning the night. But if if something kind of goes his way Thursday night, it could it could spell bad news for the Preds because Line Eight just hasn't had that explosive kind of game yet and he's capable of doing it yeah i don't want to speculate but didn't the guy uh let me hang on i think there was i feel like there was a time earlier this season when he was supposed to miss some time for an injury and then he just didn't do you remember this it was earlier in the year yeah he was supposed to like he was he was he left a game early i think i want to say it was like uh it was actually one of the games um before the, the they played the Predators, because I think it was like a Thursday or something, Thursday or Friday. He was they they announced like he, he left with an injury. He was, and he was questionable for the next game, which was going to be against the Predators, and he played. He didn't miss a game. He's played eighty two games this year. Yeah, I mean, I'm just yeah, saying. I was, I'm, I was about I'm, to look up. I typed in Patrick Line for Hockey DB, and the first thing popped up obviously was Patrick Line beard. But yeah, of course. <laughs> Uh, it would have been like play. it would have been in like March, maybe February, something like that. He was supposed yeah. to miss a game, but he didn't. And I'm, I'm just, I don't know. I'm just wondering. Maybe maybe he's still nursing something from that. Maybe that's part of it. I don't even know what kind of injury it was supposed to be. It could have been could have been nothing. He's but, also 19, so I mean, yeah, people at that age just heal differently. <laughs> that's true. But um, all right. So I want to get to this uh, this kind of topic here. All right, uh, Jim Diamond, I at the end of the last night's game. Uh, and by the way, this is not like a, a Jim Diamond bash fest. This I mean, wasn't even at the end of the game. It was like after the second period. Oh, yeah, you're right. It was. This was during the game. I And I, again, this is, I, I, I like Jim a lot. I think he's a great same writer. Way. I think he's a great, on the same page there. fantastic <laughs> tweeter. Um, I do think that this comment was was wrong. And I, I think I think it deserves, it deserves discussions. I think it's just an interesting topic. Anyway, his tweet was that Nick Bonino has been the best pred I don't have the exact tweet, but it was basically uh, Nick Benino has been the best predator in the playoffs so far. Like he, like the number one. Like if you were to rank them, he he said that Nick Benino would be the number one. Uh, let me find the actual tweet. But um, I think that was like word for word. It said Nick Benino is has been the best predator of these playoffs. Yeah, that's it. Here close. it is. Nick Benino has been the best predator in the playoffs. That's it. Um, and then he said like he basically tweeted again and said that he still sticks by that anyways yeah so i saw that and i think most of us were kind of like uh all right he's been good so i have some numbers here i want to get your take and then i have my ranking of who i think is the best pred in the playoffs all right here's nick benino's numbers just just to throw out some of these i'm not gonna go too crazy here but 
He's got a 44% Corsi 4 percentage in the playoffs. And when you consider that he's got a ridiculously low offensive zone start, he takes almost all of his yes. all of his starts are in the neutral zone or defensive zone. That's not bad. 44% is sounds yeah. bad, but when you consider how this series has gone, that's pretty good. He's got 5 points including two goals in about 16 and a half or almost 17 minutes a game. He's got a 55% face-off percentage. He's always been good on face-offs. He's been very good in the playoffs in that. Um, he is seventh on the team in Corsi allowed per 60. Now, obviously, when you start a lot of starts in the, the neutral zone and defensive zone, you're gonna you're naturally going to give up some of those. Uh, but some of the guys that are also allowing less than him are also getting those defensive zones. Like, for example, P.K. Subban or um, other, other defensive players like uh, Austin Watson or Scott Hartnell or someone. So he's he's really like kind of middle of the pack in, in terms of that number. Yeah. It's... So, so I I mean, to, when I look at this, I don't think best predator in the playoffs. I think one of the more productive players so far in the playoffs, but not best. No, I mean, I mean, you can look at the Corsi and, you know, the zone stars and obviously that plays a huge factor in, you know, who's doing the most out there on the ice, but Let's see. Let me look at this. Nick Bedino, five points yeah, two in 12 goals. games played. Philip Forsberg, 15 points in 12 games played. Seven <laughs> goals, eight assists. I mean, that's <laughs> kind of simple there. Ryan Johansson's been way better. P.K. Subban has had a really, really good playoffs. He's made a couple boneheaded mistakes. He's a defenseman, so you notice that. It's just the nature of being a blue honor. Um, I think he's been really, really good. Uh, Colton Sidson's has been better than Nick Bedino. Austin Watson dominated Colorado. He's been a better predator than Nick Benino. Uh, I would, uh, yeah, I would put Benino maybe in front of Ellis, maybe in front of Yossi. He's better than Craig Smith, Fiala, all those kind of guys, Yarn Croc. But I, I, I didn't know that somebody shot and killed Philip Forsberg and Ron Johansson. <laughs> right, because exactly. they've been better. Uh, yeah, so I made my ranking, and I, mine sounds pretty similar to yours. I, I'm for, if I'm ranking the Predators in the playoffs so far, I've got Philip Forsberg number one. I put P.K. Yep. Subban at, at number two. Um, like one of my reasons for that is because uh, he is the only defenseman that has been at least at some point good in every single game. There hasn't been a mm-hmm. game this in it, like they've played 12 games. There hasn't been one of those 12 games where he wasn't good at some point in the game. Now, he definitely made mistakes, like you mentioned, uh, end of game five in uh, mm-hmm. in against Colorado, for example. But I don't think uh, I don't think that merits. I mean, when you consider how bad this defense has been, PK Subban's been by far the best defenseman. And in addition to the the offensive numbers he's put up, he's put up what eight points. He's got three goals, I think. Yeah, three so, goals, five assists. So I think Subban's number two. I actually put Austin Watson as third, and just because of his versatility, and he did play pretty well in that in that Colorado Avalanche series. And I've got Ryan Johansson right there. I've got Arvidsson yeah. as sixth. No, I've got Arvidsson as fifth. I put Nick Benino at sixth. I put him ahead of yeah. Colton Sissons. I put him ahead of uh, Ekholm. I put him ahead of Yarncroke. I put him ahead of Rene. Yeah, I think you. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you could put him at fifth or sixth, just swapping him between Colton Sissons. Um, I yeah, think Sissons yeah. done a, a lot really, really well. Yeah, yeah. All I, postseason, I'm, he's just you know he's I'm that kind of that. guy that does he does everything. And Benino is the kind of guy that does that too. But I think Sissons, I don't know, maybe something about Sissons. I think he, I think he's a little bit better of a skater than Benino. Um, Benino mm. had those plays in what was that game three with the, yeah, no, game five, the game they lost, no, the game they won, where he had that stick lift at the end. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, he makes noticeable plays in big moments, and he's he's also in those big moments. I mean, there's no doubt that the Preds and Laviolette lean on him in those defensive zones, in the big moments, to win a faceoff. Um, they're going to throw Benino out there. They're going to throw uh, even Fisher out there for the big faceoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyle and you know, Turris and is you know, in the faceoff dot, so one, they're not going to throw him out there. One thing he doesn't do is, you know, he doesn't take a ton of penalties, but also he yep. doesn't he doesn't have those bad turnovers. He he really does not turn the puck over that much. I mean, he he's good at getting the puck out when he when he needs to. He's good at dumping when he needs to. I mean, he he does make those good decisions. I just don't think that makes him the number one player. I think I think it makes no. him like a, a solid top five, top six yeah. player. Yeah. So. Yeah, I agree. And kind of the thing with Bino, like you said, he makes kind of the smart plays, the 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 good passes. He's not the fastest skater on this roster by any means. And I think what's kind of helped the Preds, especially on the road in the series, which they've been better on the road than at home most of the time, is they kind of slow that game down. And so you kind of notice that that Sissons, Bonino's those kind of players where they kind of slow the game down just just enough because you're not – when they take the ice, you're not looking at them like you're looking at a Philip Forsberg or Victor Arvidsson. You're just kind of out there, oh, this is this is that line. They're going to do this, this, and this. They're going to be a little bit slower, but that's that's been kind of the success rate for the series for Nashville so far. So I think that's kind of where he gets even more love, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Um, all right, so there's our there's our ranking. Uh, feel free to uh, create your own rankings about who, who who's been the best best predator in the playoffs. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's inter- an interesting debate. I think uh, it's, it's also interesting that the captain and the goalie don't really make our top eight. <laughs> yeah, and I'm looking at it too. I, I just sorted all these stats. I sorted the stats on uh, ESPN because I I like to use that for the quick little stats. Yossi has 45 shots on goal, which is second on the team, but he obviously didn't have a goal at these playoffs. So, that, I mean, that's a promising sign. So, 45 shots, and Forsberg leads the team in fi- with 56. Subban's the second-best defenseman with 33. So, mm-hmm. Yossi's, you know, throwing pucks on net. He's yeah. just got a 0.0% shooting percentage. He's so due. He is so yeah. due. And he's um, averaging 25-31 on the ice, which is a big number. Yeah. Um. All right, let's talk about Game 7. So... Um, we saw a really good performance from Pecorine. Uh, he didn't have to do a crazy amount, but he did, he did do, he, he definitely played well. I mean, there's no doubt yes. about it in game six. He was on his game. Um, you don't get a shutout in the playoffs in Winnipeg against that Jets team and not have a good, good, good performance from your goalie. It wasn't all about the defense. It was Pecorine was great. So you think we can get that on, on in game seven? I think you can. Like, I, I think they they need to like they just need to walk into that arena with just every bit of confidence, just dripping from their clothes, dripping from their suits. They just have to be just confident from the moment they step on the ice and say, "Hey, I mean, like I'm going back to my last point to where if they slow down the game just a hair, which it's it's hockey, so you're not going to be like, oh, let's skate a little bit slower, let's let's hold off a half a second for this pass, that kind of thing," but. In in game in last night's game and then in game four as well, I think that was the vocal point to where they kind of slowed it down, and with that, it kind of makes things a little bit better on Petka, makes a little bit things easier for the blue line, and all around the ice to where they they make the smart decisions, they make the easier pass, they don't look for the stretch pass, they don't make the the hit just to make the hit, that kind of thing. Yeah, where you're just skating into the boards just to lay a hit, 
now you're a man down, you're, you're, you know, two steps behind the guy that you just hit, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I think that's huge. But from a Pekka standpoint, I mean, he should walk into the arena tomorrow with just every bit of confidence in the world. Um, I think a quick start would really, really help, obviously. Um, you know, getting through the first period, maybe with a lead, that kind of thing. And I think if the Preds give him a lead, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to shut it down. Here's what I'm worried about. Uh, I am worried. Excuse me. I'm worried that if you come out and you try to do what you did on the road and you, you play slow, I, I think the Jets are going to try out and they're, they're going to be just flying. I think they're going yep. to be flying. And if you come out and you are slow and they fly by you and they they somehow find a way through your kind of muck in the middle style, yep. all of a sudden what, you look, what you're looking at as a fan, 17,000 people are going to be looking at this and saying they weren't ready. They weren't prepared. Yeah. They weren't. They didn't want it. They didn't have the effort. And so, I think that can can fight a, can can fight you somehow. I mean, I, I think that all of a sudden they look at themselves and they say like, did we have the right game plan? The coaches start questioning things. They start moving guys. Right. I I just I mean, obviously it works on the road. I think it, I think it's a perfect road game. And and this is I think this this is what we've seen on the uh, in in the game results where the home ice has sort of flipped on itself. Because the the home team is under this like kind of pressure to to perform, and it hasn't really worked. So, I, I but I, I also don't think that you can go just just go out there and, and open up the game and try to pinch down both defensemen yeah. and 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 not worry about what happens with your goalie because then you're gonna have a two on ones and three on O's and it's gonna be it's yeah. gonna be crazy. So yeah, yeah, it's I, so I kinda, tricky. I knew we were gonna yeah, I knew we were gonna obviously talk on this point. To, kind of the gear that the Predators want to play on Thursday night. Um, I think you, you're obviously going to come out of the gates, guns ablaze, and both sides are. It's a game seven. It's going to be hot. It's going to be, you know, high tempo. Um, but I think what we've seen in the Predators, the most successful is they come out of the gate in that high gear, and the Jets do as well, because I think what the Predators have on their side is the Jets only have that high gear. I think the Jets only play that fast pace. That's a good point. It's fast, fast, fast. It's big. It's physical. They're just fast. The Predators are going to come out at you like that. Say it's zero, zero, ten minutes in. They're going to say, okay, we're going to slow this down. You know, maybe we get a power play here. We're going to get a one nothing lead. And after that, we're going to protect the puck a little bit more. And you're not getting through the neutral zone without getting hit. The stick's going to be active. And they're going to switch that second gear, which I think that's what makes the Predators most deadly, is they have – the ability to say, okay, let's gear down a little bit, see what this gives us. And then this next, you know, heck, they can switch it every four minutes if they want to. Let's go fast. Let's go slow. Do it with line, every other line, that kind of thing, to where we're going to forecheck on this line, the, you know, the Fisher line, the tourist line, mm-hmm. Forsberg, Johansson. We're going to go a little bit slower. We're going to get we're going to get our elite players, Philip Forsberg, Ryan Johansson, Big Garbinson, shots on goal. Let's just get them shots, maybe go a little bit slower here. One of them's going to hit the net, and let's just see what happens. I think that's the biggest thing that the Predators have, but we haven't seen it at home during this entire series. I'm going to make a soccer analogy, and here's why I think, and you make a very good point. I think that the the Predators need to play this sort of counterattacking 4-5-1 where you clog that middle with like a diamond formation. You have that sweeper back that's protecting everything, and you, then you hit them over the top with these with these counters. Yeah. Um, and because I think the Jets are, they're your they they want to play with this high tempo. They want to play, you know, they want to play with five men up front. 
screw the middle of the field. Who cares who our defensemen are? Let's yep. let's push. Let's push, push, push. Because uh, if we get enough, if we get four goals in the first period, then uh, you know we'll then exactly. we'll just sit back. So yeah, yeah, you know that's kind of the danger. You know, Winnipeg has the firepower to do that, and they you know light the lamp on two of their first nine shots. They're looking yeah. pretty damn good. Yeah. But if the Preds can kind of control play for that first, I think you know Thursday night. I think the first you know five, six, seven minutes. The first person is the first team to score is just going to be gigantic on Thursday night. Yeah, and I remember, and, and that's I think the two, the only two game sevens that the Predators want. I'm sorry, not the only two game sevens. Uh, the so the first game the, the first game seven against the Ducks, the Predators scored first and won, and then game six last year against the um, oh I guess I no I'm, I'm, no okay all right game six against against the Blues last year the Blues scored first but then yep. game six against the Ducks to go to the Cup they the Predators scored like two right off the bat and I think it was yep. Austin yep. Watson was quick and then Sissons but uh yeah so man I'm I'm pretty nervous but I I, I think. You know, you have to like where you are. You have to like the way that they got to this game seven as opposed to, you know, maybe winning last if they'd won game five and then lost game six, you'd feel a little bit worse, wouldn't you? I, yeah. I think, so. I, I think you, yeah, I agree with you for sure right there. Especially, you know, the kind of the guy that I go back to is Pekka. Um, that was his best performance this series, maybe of the entire postseason. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, come Thursday night, he, him and Hellebuck, we, we haven't had the. I guess we sort of had a duel in the two-one game um, in Winnipeg, but we haven't really had that one in Nashville yet. But I think the confidence has to be Hellebuck. He's been a little bit leaky to me. If I'm a Winnipeg fan, I'm like, there's a couple that I want back, especially mm-hmm. from last night. Yeah. Um, you know, the Forsberg pushing the legs goal was, you know, it it happens. Whatever, you know, it's the big stage, so it's going to get blown up. Um, but it, he obviously went between his legs, so that's kind of catchy there too. But I mean, he, he's been a little bit leaky and it's been, you know, in the middle of his body too. Um, that Johansson shorthanded goal and game five kind of leaked through him. It kind of, I think it hit him square in the chest and it kind of just fell through the five hole. He's kind of been a little bit leaky, uh, low. He's got a great glove, great blocker. Um, but yeah, I think the, the kind of the key is going to be that battle. And like I said, the first five, six, seven minutes is going to be huge. I was looking at some of the the Jet react, Jets fans' reaction to 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 last night's game, and uh, it seems pretty split. Like some some people th- seem to think the Hellebuck is not playing well, and then some people seem to think that's the defense. So it, it's just like with the Predators right. and Pecorino. Yeah, oh yeah. Lost. I mean, it's been. I, I mean, I can't. I haven't looked at too many Jets reactions, but I mean, this series has been just so. It's been so up and down, but it's also been such like the same exact thing from both sides. Every other night, it's just so much, you know, the Preds defense sucks in game one and the Jets suck in game two, that kind of thing. <laughs> it's just the same, same thing just flipped every other night. It's also, gotta... been, it's also been very evenly played. And there were a few people that tweeted about this, but uh, in, in six games, the shot attempts at even strength are, are basically even. And the. Yeah, I saw that. I, I think it was. Uh, God, who was that? Somebody with the athletic, I think, tweeted yeah. out, you know, the scoring chances and the the Corsi four and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're almost all exactly the same number. Yeah. I mean, and that's I high mean, danger that's chances exactly the same. That's exactly what we expected for this series, though. I mean, it's two of the it's in my opinion, it's the two best teams in hockey playing mm-hmm. right now. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be even like that. And that's what we expected. That's what every fan wanted, and that's what we're getting. Uh, anything you, what do you think happened to Mike Fisher? 
I have no idea. I, I don't know either. <laughs> I can't even guess. I mean, the 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 there's the hit that they talked about. I think on the on the broadcast on the NBC broadcast, there's a hit he made behind the net that, and after that shift, he didn't come back. Seemed pretty routine. I mean, I didn't even see anything. It almost looked like he was skating off maybe a leg or maybe like an ankle or something. But then also like he kind of hit him with his shoulder. Like, could it be like a, could it be like a shoulder or did he get hit in the head somehow? I don't know. I mean, and they're not giving any updates. I mean, they're like so tight lipped, not even upper body or lower body, just nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it was strange. I think I saw a couple tweets earlier about it possibly being him, you know, twisting his knee, like you said, some kind of lower body thing, but then it kind of went up high too. Um, but I mean, Hey, he, you know, he turns 38. Yeah. It could be anything. Um, I mean, he's, you know, the oldest guy out there on the ice. So it could be anything. Um, but I'm not sure that, you know, if he, if he plays Thursday night, he plays, if he doesn't, I don't think it's that big of a blow. Yeah. Um, maybe if you're like a face off percentage junkie, it might be, but, as far as the whole entire game goes, I don't think he'd be that big of a loss. So who would you put in his place? Let's say that Mike Fisher can't go. Because I, I, your options are, um, you've got you can you can plug. So Yarn Croak obviously probably takes the center spot. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you can put in any of your wingers you want. You can put Ryan Hartman out there. You can put Salamaki. Uh, you could even go with one of the other guys that hasn't played yet. I, I wouldn't suggest that, but um, who, what would you do? I. I might go with Salamaki. I I don't I don't like Hartman in a situation where you you don't want to take any penalties. Right, right. But Hartman on the other side, he kind of draws those penalties, so it's kind of you know up in the air. It's kind of whatever Ryan Hartman you get that night. Um, I think Salamaki would probably be the go-to um, if they wanted to be like super bold and be like you know we're just going to score, we're just going to outscore you. Hey, maybe put Tolvin out there just to do it. <laughs> There's um, no way. Draw everybody, you know. Freddie Gaudreau was supposed to be the next Johnny Gaudreau, but it's funny <laughs> we haven't seen him all year. Freddie um, G, Freddie Hockey. You know, I, I, there was multiple Predators media members saying that you know he was going to be the next Philip Forsberg, but uh, it's funny we hadn't seen him play yet because he's not an NHL hockey player. All right, um, <laughs> he definitely is not. But yeah, I mean they could go bold and put somebody out there, uh, but uh, yeah, Salamaki's the go-to guy. I think it's probably going to be Salamaki. I think. There's maybe a chance they put Ryan Hartman though. I don't know. It's yeah. I, I think I mean Salamaki's not doesn't really do anything that that blows your mind. I mean he's got he's got a little bit more speed, but so does Hartman. So um yeah. man, it's a toss up between Hartman and Salamaki for me. Uh, I think I they, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, I think I would prefer Fisher over both of those. I think Fisher's just a smarter player, but if he's injured and you can't get him, then I guess you go with one of those. Um, yep. Real quickly, I, I know we're taking a, a bunch of your time, but uh, the other series, Capitals finally beat Penguins. Beat, uh, fi- Capitals finally beat the Penguins. Golden Knights, of course, as you know, as as the hockey gods have uh, have decreed, oh, yeah. uh, are going to be are in the Western Conference Final. That's who the winner of, of Thursday night's game will play. And then the Lightning will beat the pants off the Bruins in five games. Uh, do any of those surprise you? Any of those winners surprise you? Uh, Washington last night kind of surprised me. Um, I thought it would go, I thought it would go to seven. Uh, but I mean, it was, I mean, you know, it, it was, it was due. I mean, it's you know, the, the running joke. Is it, is it the caps year? I think it is out of the East. Uh, I think they can beat Tampa Bay. They're going to have to get some puck luck. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was, you know, Washington. I've, 
I've also kind of been the guy right now saying if Vegas wins the cup, I think I might just be done with this entire league, this entire <laughs> sport, that kind of thing, which, you know, yeah, cool. It's a, it's a great story, but I'm also kind I'm not, a, I don't want to say like I'm a traditionalist or like an historian or anything like that, because I'm not in any sport that I follow um, or cover or write about or anything, but the Vegas Golden Knights aren't supposed to be here. And if they're definitely not supposed to hoist the cup, which I know we're way, 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 way far away from that. But I mean, they just got one step closer. And I think of series between Vegas and Winnipeg or Nashville. I mean, why wouldn't you bet on Winnipeg? Why wouldn't you do it? I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, it's, they've, why would you ever bet against them this year? Can you, can you even imagine if a expansion team, if they even had this, in the NBA or in the NFL made it to the conference championship in the first year. I think the worst is would it would be baseball. I think if you got like a, a which hell, I don't even know if there's been like an expansion team in my lifetime. Really? I know Montreal moved and all that kind of stuff to Washington. I don't even know. I don't even remember how that all worked, but I mean, if you threw a a baseball team and said, Hey, here you go. Uh, Let's say uh, Vancouver has a baseball team. They're going to do the same rules. And they're going to make, you know, the final four. They're going to make the uh, championship series in the AL or the NL. I mean, are you joking? As far as that goes, I mean, I think it's that kind of same thing. But I mean, you put it in any sport, it's still it's still crazy. NFL, NBA, obviously NFL with it being, you know, quarterbacks, you know, all these skill positions. Which hockey's the same way. I mean, they've just had. I mean, Carlson has forty plus goals this year. Yeah, that's nice. I mean, nobody saw that coming. James Neal's been good. They also had this guy named Mark Andre Fleury that's won cups in the goal, so that's kind of helped too. But he's actually good in the playoffs now. I mean, I know he's good. He's, I mean, he's so not bad. Stupid. He was never going to be bad. He's just been really, really good this postseason. And then, I mean, it, it could have gone one or two ways, but he's been, he's been not good. He's been elite. So crazy. Yeah, um, yeah I, I'm. I I think the I think light the Lightning take care of the Capitals. Um, I don't know how many games or anything, but I think the Lightning will beat them. I think they're a better all around team. That defense is playing crazy good. So is Vasilevsky, and uh, I think that whoever wins Game Seven on Thursday will beat the Golden Knights. I don't know how I, they're going to do it, but I think they're going to do it. Either I the agree. Predators I, or I the. I would not put a single penny on it, but I agree with you. I think. <laughs> Just, I mean, if Nashville goes through, I mean, I think experience, you know, outweighs everybody um, coming off of last year, which you could have said that about this year because the Jets had zero playoff series wins heading into the postseason, this postseason. Yeah, I agree with you. I think I think Nashville I – was, I was listening to somebody on the radio today saying that if you're a Vegas fan, are you cheering for Winnipeg or Nashville come Thursday? And whoever it was on the radio, some writer or something saying, you know, I think you have to cheer for Nashville because Winnipeg is just so huge. Vegas is, if you look at their roster, they're a small team. They're fast. Again, going back to that, you know, they play this one gear kind of like Winnipeg. Winnipeg-Vegas would be a bizarre series just because of how fast they go. Yeah. But I think Nashville, you know, they have they have that speed to go first gear, second gear, third gear, and Vegas simply doesn't. They don't have the personnel. They're not deep enough to kind of go all that through all four lines and all, through, all three deep, deep airings. I just think that I think the reason I think that um, whoever wins Game Seven beats the Golden Knights is because the Golden Knights played. They beat two teams in the playoffs that can't score. The Kings can't yep. score. The Sharks have trouble scoring, 
and they've not really and they haven't really done it like easily. I mean, they they had a couple shutouts for sure, but they don't they they don't play anything like they have not faced offenses like these two. No, not even close. And so I LA, think, oh my god, LA doesn't have anything. Yeah, so I, I think that whoever comes out of this uh, game seven will will beat the Golden Knights. I don't know how many games, but I think that's what happened. So I think it'll be either the Preds or the Jets in the Stanley Cup final against Lightning. That's what I think. But that's where I'm. That's where I think it's going right now. Um, Mark, thank you very much for joining me. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. I appreciate so, it. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. Of course, uh, you can follow him at tweets by Harris. You can follow at A to Z Sports on Twitter, A to Z Sports Nashville.com. You can follow us at on the forecheck or me at Alex Darty One. On the forecheck.com is the website. If you'd like to subscribe or if you want to contribute to the uh, podcast, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash the forecheck podcast. You can uh, donate whatever you want there. Feel free. The show will always be free, but if you'd like to help make it a little bit better, you can uh, donate there. So uh, I appreciate everyone listening, and uh, Mark, we'll uh, see you Thursday, right? See you, buddy. All right. Talk to you later. Thanks.